is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? <laughs> oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank uh, you. I, yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree <laughs> on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Bergaff. Hey, thanks for joining us for the podcast uh, once again today on these Wednesdays. Sean Bolson uh, does join us. And when we talked with Sean last week, he was headed down to Florida uh, this past weekend. Sean, how did the trip down to the sunny state of Florida go for you? Well, it's never bad down there. I enjoyed it. Got to watch my niece play volleyball at Florida Gulf Coast and then spent some time hanging out and then decided on Saturday I didn't have much going. I I, uh, ventured an hour and 45 minutes over to Miami, went to Hard Rock Stadium, went to the uh, Miami Hurricane Louisville Cardinal uh, college football game. What a fun experience. I bet. So you're pretty comfortable then driving around down there. I, I've been to Florida a few times, but uh, I, I don't know if I'd want to wander around in Miami without a guide. But uh, you must have been pretty comfortable with it. Well, it's it's a straight shot from where I'm at across the Everglades. Uh, so it's a pretty boring drive. And then, you know, right to the stadium. But, yeah, it was a, an extremely, uh, uh, should we say, rough crowd. Mm-hmm. Miami's fans, uh, it's not like going to a Vikings game. It's a, it's a pretty... Uh, there are a lot of shady areas in Miami that you want to be careful, and, and yeah. I think, uh, yeah, but it, it was super fun. The stadium, you know, to go to a stadium that's hosted the Super Bowl, to get to see a yeah. top-ten team in Louisville. We actually were in the Louisville section, and they had like four sections in a row. They travel well. You know, they're a really good team this year. Yeah. So it was really entertaining, really fun. You were never concerned for your safety, anything like that? No. No, yeah. if I uh, if I, next time if I feel like I need a bodyguard, maybe I'll ask you to come with. No, no, that's the other way around. You don't have to be my bodyguard. Well, anyway, that had to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I love to go to uh, different stadiums and stuff when we go uh, out of town on trips and so forth. So that had to be a lot of fun. Uh, so you were there watching some college football. Uh, I'm guessing you didn't watch a lot of the Gopher Ohio State game then on Saturday. I didn't, but uh, I did see a tweet as soon as we got back because that's. Uh, that was an early game there, and I think the Gophers must have started, and it said Ohio State's going to cover the total and the, the game line in the first half. So <laughs> it, I didn't. It got so close. they must have marched right down uh, in the first drive, but then, yeah, it looked like a pretty pretty boring game. I mean, yeah. we weren't in it at all. I want to say, was it? A, I think it was 37 nothing at the half. Uh, or thirty to nothing at the half, and wound up thirty-seven nothing before the Gophers uh, kicked to that field goal. So I'm not sure that they got over the total by themselves, but they certainly covered the twenty-eight point uh, spread against the Gophers. Now Ohio State, I don't expect the Gophers to beat Ohio State, but but you can take that loss if you had won the games previously you were supposed to win, and those are the ones that are haunting them: Purdue and Illinois games like that 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 they lost that they that they should have won this is the you know the worst season of of flex career with the gophers so far i think this is year what eight for him as the head coach of the gophers and this is their worst campaign i would think it is and and to be honest if you look at it it's our worst you know we we always have a couple of super stud running backs you know our running backs are okay this year our quarterback uh completion percentage and just ability to make a uh elementary throw has uh, to me it's never been worse than what it is right now we all yeah. complained about morgan how we'd run that you know he'd always go out of the shotgun and you know the run pass option and he would you know hand it every time but at least if he pulled it he could hit the slants he can make some throws 
Kelly McManus has just been so erratic yeah. uh, throwing the ball that it just really hasn't given us a chance to win. In, you beat uh, Iowa in a uh, you know a game that wasn't very exciting, but then no. you lose the next couple. It's just it's just not a good season. I'm sure we're going to end up. I saw some prediction on the bowl. Yeah, I didn't think we could get to a bowl being under 500, mm. but they had talked about there was some. Yeah, it's just it's not it's a far cry from the Citrus Bowl beating Auburn and yeah. having everybody pretty excited about the program. Yeah, they got in once before with only five wins. That was uh, who was the the big defensive coordinator that uh, Tracy Clay's. Uh, he was what they go for head coach for about three years or something like that. And one of the years that Clay's was the head coach, the Gophers won only five games. They went five and seven. You're supposed to have six wins to be bowl eligible. But there's a caveat: if they don't have enough teams for to fill all the bowl games that won at least six games, then they go down to the five win teams. And then they base that on something that Mike Grimm called AVP, and that includes uh, grade point average and uh, players making progress toward graduation. Uh, they do it more on the academic side to get in with five wins than they do your your record in terms of wins and losses on the field. And that got the Gophers in in Clay's, and Grimm said that would also get the Gophers in in this situation. He said they're ranked number two right now in uh, AVP, and I'm not sure what that stands for necessarily, but it includes academics, as I referenced. So he believes that the Gophers will get a bowl game bid no matter what happens against Wisconsin on uh, Saturday. Now, obviously, it would be a lot better to beat Wisconsin, and I don't remember the last time they, they held on to Paul Bunyan's axe three years in a row. There is certainly something to be said about that if they can do that for P.J. Fleck. Yeah, that would be good. And I do think also, as much as they don't, probably say it's part of that calculation. Yeah. The Gophers uh, fan base actually travels yeah. the bowl games pretty well. Yep. And yep. if you're looking at you know uh, a Northwestern or a Minnesota, just using those two teams, you know, Minnesota's going to travel more, and these bowl games are about money. They have sponsors. They're yep. trying to, you know, and so uh, I think that helps us because as mediocre as our football team is, which we've kind of gotten used to, yeah. um, we travel well. So, yeah, a big game against Wisconsin, you know, always entertaining to watch. Yeah. Sometimes you, you say this is really fun, and in the past couple decades it hasn't been, but, you know, now Wisconsin isn't the team they used to be. So, right. you know, it, it's definitely a winnable game for us. Yeah, that's right. And that would, you know, put a lot better face on the season here. And then they'll wind up playing a mid-major from somewhere, I would assume, uh, in their bowl game uh, coming up after that, which is fine. You know, it, it's about developing players, and when they get a bowl game, it's 15 additional practices uh, that they also get, which when you're the Gophers and you're struggling just to get to 500 if they can, uh, and they won't if they lose to Wisconsin, then those practices make a difference for developing your guys for the following season. Yeah, definitely. We've we've talked about that, and that is the big thing. You yeah. know, it's basically seeing some, uh, and then all of a sudden you'll see the uh, – Reigns turned over. You know, you're going to still play, you know, some of the guys that have gotten here, but you're going to see some younger guys in the mix to get a little bit of experience yep. and, and definitely in the practices. Uh, setting the tone for spring practice to try to figure out, you know what, here's the direction we're going next year. So, yeah, yeah it, it'd be a good thing. Yeah. Uh, Vikings beaten for the first time in the Josh Dobbs era. I use air quotes in that. I'm not sure that's going to be an era as much as he's going to be one in a long line of. QBs that take over midseason and maybe play really well for their team and lead them to the postseason. I mean, the Vikings have their own guys who've done that in the not-so-distant past with Case Keenum, who was the offer of the Minneapolis Miracle, and then they moved on from him right after the season because he was a career backup. Well, 
Josh Dobbs has been a career backup, a career uh, journeyman. We saw a little bit why. He still played pretty well uh, this last week in their, in their loss to Denver. But, but we did see some of the reasons why six other teams have passed on him and why each time he was traded three times in the last year, there were diminishing value for the team trading him away each time. Drafted on the fourth round, traded for a fifth round pick, traded for a sixth round pick, and then the Vikings, it was just a pick swap with Arizona where they got a pick in return, so it's just about moving up a few spots in the draft. We did see a little of that this week. He lacks a, a big arm, uh, and he... Gets a little bit flustered in the pocket and his ball security with a ball in his hands. Uh, sometimes it's, it's a little loose. So hopefully he can turn it around again, play well again. He wasn't terrible, but he wasn't all that good either this last week. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't hate his uh, game. I mean, you know, he uses his legs. He does uh, when, the, when there's a pocket around him, he gets, uh, you know, the first reaction is to run. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's got some gifted legs, which is why he's probably done that, but I was disappointed. Madison to me has been a disappointment. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, if if I'm the uh, if I'm O'Connell, I'm going to really rely on uh, Chandler. I like him better. Uh, the fumble, you know. Now, I, I don't remember in past years. Every time somebody's tackled, somebody coming in with an absolute right uppercut. Yeah. Across, I mean, they're punching every single time. Yep. Uh, at the ball, and you know when when Madison that crucial fumble, you know his elbow got bumped. Yep. He didn't. No, nobody punched it out. I, I don't like him. I think he's missing holes. I don't like what he's doing right now. Yeah. He was really good. He was a fresh breath of air when Cook needed a breather, and he came in. But just doesn't seem like the kind of back that can take the entire load. And uh, you know, so I look for you know Chandler to step up. He he's got some speed. We run the screen to him. You know, I mean, he, I like him. I do think when JJ comes back. It's going to shift the coverage more to him because right now they're doing that to, to Addison. You know, we saw that last week. And so with Hawkinson and with some of the other weapons, you know, I think Dobbs can still be a really serviceable quarterback. But, yeah, I mean, we saw, uh, you know, a game that wasn't as good as his previous games. But you expect that. And, you know, we won five in a row. So yeah. here we are. We're still in the mix of it. And, you know, I'm, I'm pleasantly optimistic about us making the playoffs and, and still being able to, to win some games, and Todd, let's remember, we liked all the games up into the Cincinnati game, and now Burrow's out for the year with a wrist injury. So, right, right. you know, we have winnable games in front of us. Yes, that's right. Outside of the two Lions games, not that I'm not saying they're not winnable, but those will be the two toughest games uh, against the Lions, who have the second best record in the in the NFC right now. One of the, I, you know, with Chandler and Madison, I think they're going to probably continue to split the carries and so forth. I did think this was Madison's best game uh, this last week. I thought, like you referenced, he wasn't seeing holes. He's running into his linemen. He wasn't getting extra yardage at all. I thought that was better uh, this last week, but the fumble certainly costly. Uh, but I'm, you know, they're going to be more comfortable calling, uh, you know, deeper drop passes if Madison is in the game instead of Chandler uh, because yep. of Madison's better ability to pick up blitzes and things like that. Yep, that's true. And, and you know, if we do pick up blitzes, you, what you'd like to see Dobbs hang in the pocket. You know, yeah. it's all entertaining to see him run, and he's a very gifted runner. But at some point as a quarterback, you need to stay in that pocket, let the routes develop, and then hit the open men. Yep. So, you know, we'll see. Yeah. 
I was looking up some of the stats on NFL.com uh, to see if I could figure out, because I read the scouting report on Dobbs. He does have a big arm, panics occasionally in the pocket, uh, things like that. That's why he was a fourth-round pick, and then has been a, a kind of a journeyman ever since then. So I looked at uh, most air yards on a completion uh, this season, and he's third from the bottom in that. Most air yards average per completion, he's fifth from the bottom uh, in that category. So, you know, he just doesn't have a big arm, uh, and he doesn't really challenge defenses down the field. That's going to make it a little tougher. Although the Vikings ran the ball so well this last week, they still ran it despite the defense pressing up a little bit. But we are going to see press coverages with with, uh, Dobbs as the quarterback, I think. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, if you're looking these up on NFL stats, yeah. uh, the other defensive coordinators are... They know more than I do, that's right. They, 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 they do. And so, you know, they're going to exploit his weaknesses, and, and they're going to, you know, keep a spy in there and try to keep him under control. So yeah. when he does get flustered and rushes, you know, he, he can't run for the big yardage. But his legs are gifted enough to where even when people are looking for it, you know, he's been able to squeak out of the pocket and, and have some, some big gains. So, yeah. Yep. We're going to need to do that. Defense, you know, well, I'm okay. Defense is playing well. Yeah. Um, it's just a, a matter of putting together enough offense to, to get the win. Uh, the Bears, uh, they'll play Fields back in the lineup for the Bears. Uh, they're certainly more dangerous with him in there than an undrafted uh, rookie free agent in this uh, Bajent who is, who's his backup. I'd rather see Bajent than Fields because Fields just ran the ball 18 times for over 100 yards uh, this last week. Uh, now, the good news is that Flores, when he blitzes, he doesn't play man behind. Because if he's playing man behind a lot of his blitzes and Fields breaks the line, he's going to run all day long. Uh, he'll play a lot of zone behind his blitzes, so that should help uh, keep track of Fields a little bit. But he's he's really dangerous as a runner. Very dangerous runner. Uh, very fast. Uh, almost Lamar Jackson-like, yep. you know, where... But the thing is, is if you can keep him in the pocket and you can put pressure on him, he's not a very accurate passer. Which right. is when they get beat, that's what happens. That's what we're going to need to do. He holds the ball. You know, uh, if they can confuse him with coverages, which they were able to the first time, he'll hold on to the football. He'll take sacks. And uh, you know, if if the Vikings could get that done, that'd certainly help them. Uh, so yeah. You, yeah, go ahead, Sean. No, I just had another primetime game, too, which yeah. is kind of fun. I, know. I mean, we're in primetime games all the time. I know. It's, it's entertaining. It is. I uh, I thought they might flex out of it, but they stuck with the Vikings, I think because of the sudden popularity of Josh Dobbs, the pastronaut and all that. I think that's why they decided to keep the Vikings and Bears uh, in Monday Night Football. So, Sean, you're going to have to start coming off of your, your Carl Anthony Towns take a little bit. He's calmed down quite a bit, I think in part because the team is playing so well. So he's not feeling that pressure because, let's face it, Towns has been one of the losingest superstars in the NBA over the course of his career. I mean, they've lost a lot in his nine-year career up until last season and the one Jimmy Butler year where they squeaked into the playoffs. Outside of that, he's responsible for a lot of that. I think he feels the pressure. This year, there's more stars. And they're winning games, and and he really has calmed down his antics quite a bit. Not entirely, but what NBA player doesn't do a little uh, complaining to the officials? You know, I agree with you, but I'm going to go to this statement. You really see people's character during adversity. It's so easy when everybody's winning to behave. But a true leader, true character, you know, really does well even during adversity and helps their teammates and those around them get through it. Yeah, That's the part I still struggle with them. 
yeah, I mean, what? They're in first place in the West. I mean, they're playing great. I know. They're 10 and 3. And they're 10 and 3. That's that is really impressive and and it, it's good. Um, I have watched a little more of it. Part of it is mm-hmm. because I want to be prepared when you ask me about the old <laughs> Timberwolves games. Right. But they've been entertaining to watch, and Anthony Edwards is really fun to watch. Yeah. He does a really nice job. Gobert has been good. Yep. I like what Conley up and you know, I, I think he was, uh, you know, he's, he's shooting it at a good clip. He's doing a really good job. He's a veteran presence out yeah. there. Um, I thought what McDaniel just went down. He's going to be out for a little bit. Yeah, two um, to three weeks. Yeah, which will hurt him. But yeah, the Timberwolves have been better than I would have thought. You were very optimistic going in. Yep. Yep. I basically said if you're counting on Towns, uh, you're going to struggle. So Mm -hmm. far, he's proved me wrong. But when they get on a two or three game losing streak, which every NBA team is gonna, you know, I just like to see him. Uh, sit up and behave and actually make people around them better yep. instead of really dragging the karma of the team down. Fair point. I uh, will have to see because, yes, it is easier to be uh, pleasant on the court when you're winning, uh, that's for sure. Unfortunately, uh, the Wild need to be a little more unpleasant uh, because right now they continue to struggle at sub-500. Uh, they go to Sweden. They get At least they got a point in each game there. But, uh, you know, they've shaken up the lines. They've done what they can do. I think, Sean, uh, correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong here, but they're still kind of under a lot of salary cap restrictions because of the, the contracts of, of uh, Parisi and Suter that they cut. And, and, and that's led to a little bit of a dearth of talent on the team, hasn't it? It has, because like I had mentioned before, we're about $14 million light. Yeah. On, on availability to sign people, that's a number one center and a, a upper echelon, uh, not top tier, but second tier defenseman that we're essentially playing without. And so that handcuffed us. And so you look at Kaprizov, he's now pressing. He knows he's not scoring. He's pressing. By pressing, he's turning the puck over, you know, not very solid defensively. Boldy hasn't really produced. And we're missing a couple of top tier players because we we're handcuffed by those contracts. Yeah. So. This is something that we're going to have to get over this year and next year, and then we're going to feel a little freedom, have a little more money to spend. But Rossi has been a very pleasant surprise. He's been very good this year. Mm-hmm. You know, he put on some weight. He's been playing a lot better. And cheering uh, us up on the back end and getting better goaltending, um, you know, it's something that we're going to need going forward. They don't look like a playoff team right now. No. And if they do squeak into the playoffs, it looks like a quick one and done. But, um yeah, it's been a bit of a disappointment, but when you look at the salary stuff, you, know, you understand, but yet we, we were getting used to some really exciting hockey being played, and right yeah. now we're not seeing that. No. Uh, and Philip Gustafson, what's going on there? I mean, he gets the big contract in the off season, and now he's got a goals against average of over four and a half. It's been a struggle. Yeah, and the save percentage, you know, sub nine, 90 on, uh, you know, on most games. I mean, yeah. it, it been between, you know, he was in the upper 700s to, you know, 880 on some of these, and it's just disappointing. And Boldy got the big contract. Yep. He's really had a, a, a struggle. So, you know, we, we need people to step up. We're shorthanded like we talked because of salary. So we really need our guys to step up. Yeah. And at, at this point, they haven't. Yep, yep. Sean, thanks so much. Have a great day. Hey, thanks, Todd. Sean Bolson joining us on the Todd and Friends podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. 
Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at KWLM, 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.